Despite the intense focus on quality in the last 20 plus years since the publication of Ta'ara's Human, we still don't seem to have made a lot of progress. On this episode of our award-winning podcast, we'll discuss the challenges of quality in healthcare. Is it really getting worse or is it due to documentation or staffing issues? Welcome to Modern Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Villanueva, Senior Principal for Operations and Quality at Vizian. And joining me for this discussion is Angela Hunt and Dr. Rick May. Angela and Rick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Glad to be here. Thank you, Tom. Always a pleasure. So Angela, tell us a little about your background and what you do for Vizient. I actually am a registered nurse, started in ICU and ER when I began my career in nursing and moved into CDI in 2007. At Vizient, I actually run the CDI team here and coordinate analytics and all the different quality initiatives that our CDI team works on. Rick, same question to you. Well, Tom, I'm an orthopedic trauma surgeon, born and raised and pretty much worked my whole career here in Denver, Colorado. Started doing consultative work about 15 years ago, always focused on clinical quality improvement. And at Vizient, I run the Vizient Clinical Quality Improvement Consulting Team. So team, let's level set. Where do we stand when it comes to quality today? Oh man, great question. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Angela, please, after you. I would say from a CDI standpoint, we are at a point where CDI was mainly focused on financial improvement and financial capture. Today, we have so many at-risk contracts that include performance dollars held out for quality initiatives that CDI cannot live just in that financial optimization space anymore. They actually need to live in a quality component along with quality teams across the organizations that they work in. Rick? Well, Tom, I'll tell you, it's an interesting question. We talk about this, obviously, with Invisian a lot. My perspective is this. If you look back over the last five or 10 years, and again, all three of us have been deeply involved in this space for a long time, I think you could see some of the cracks starting to occur basically 2016, 2017, 2018, basically talking about pre-pandemic. There were some certainly some issues around quality in the U.S. and a lot of challenges that, frankly, as the pandemic hit, the wheels just completely came off the car at that point. I think the hospitals who were struggling a little bit started getting crushed. At this point, I think the hospitals have just really struggled trying to get back on track. We obviously lost a huge number of people during the pandemic, meaning hospital staff, nurses, a few physicians, staff, the take care of a lot of the different parts of really the quality mechanism of hospitals. And because of that, I think we're seeing really unprecedented problems today in terms of hospitals struggling to try and take care of basic stuff, hand washing and delivering antibiotics on time and making sure that you're getting all the steps for stroke patients. It's a real challenge. I think we reached a point where I've never seen before in my 30 plus years of working in healthcare. I would agree that nursing shortage is going to impact us for many years to come. Yeah. In the Vanderbilt case study that occurred where mistakes are being criminalized, I think that's going to be a huge impact to whether or not people are going to actually become nurses in the United States. And that's only going to compound over time. In addition, we have, I would say, a workforce that is very, very young in nursing. So then you have decisions where they don't understand the components of turning a patient and patients who refuse to be turned where result in pressure ulcer injuries where the staff their hands are tied. So we're going to have to really help our hospitals and our nurses going forward if they're going to see any improvement in some of the quality initiatives that are out there. To quote one of our members a few weeks ago, we have to learn how to do more with less and it has to be less burdensome. So what are some of the main areas of concern? Uh, I was going to say, it might be easier to talk about the areas that aren't as much of a concern anymore. Right. As Angela alluded to, if you want to look at a positive spin on this, I think the pandemic showed us how critically important nurses are really to providing quality care in the hospital. 
I mean, obviously we physicians are part of that milieu, but in terms of really so much of the work that happens day to day to really ensure quality, it falls back on the nurses. And because of the shortages now, we're seeing problems across the board. If I had to pick out a couple areas, I think in terms of just in general, if you look at things like infection rates, so central line infections, C. difficile infections, CAUTIs, the catheter-associated infections, mm-hmm. all of those, which again are very nursing dependent in terms of how you prevent those, those have become a huge issue across the country. Stuff like the CAUTI with the fully-related infections, that was basically, I think, under control for most of the country four years ago. CMS was even considering taking it off the list because people were managing it so well, but it's gotten out of control again now. So I guess that's one place to start. Infection certainly a problem, but also I think just fundamentally, if you look at the care system, we do a lot of work looking at how hospitals deliver care. What do you do for your surgical patients preoperatively? How do you manage patients at the time of discharge to make sure they walk out the door with the right meds and right information? We've seen this huge breakdown, just those fundamental systems that help to manage care. I'm just going to tag on what Rick said. There are much more, not just infections, but process issues that contribute to missed opportunities for infection prior to surgery that result in post-op sepsis that's not getting caught. I think all of those processes that help a patient be as healthy as they can be prior to surgery are breaking down due to lack of staff or even like trained staff. The turnover in hospitals is, I think, at a higher rate than we've ever seen. And it's really hard to get people who know something to train someone who doesn't because those people have left. So I think training inside the hospitals is another very big issue. If you have someone that didn't know the right answer, they're not going to train the next person to know the right answer. Yes, I certainly see that. But despite saying we're focused on quality, are we really actually lacking in our approach? Well, Tom, the other thing, which this could be an entire another (laughs) couple hours of podcast conversation, is I think we're seeing really unprecedented problems across the country in terms of hospital finances. That's a result of, again, there's a lot of issues that went into that. But the net result now is that hospitals, because they're so strapped for resources, Mm -hmm. one, you start off with you couldn't find nurses. Now you've had to up what you're paying for nurses to get those folks in. But that same problem exists across a variety of different staff, physical therapists, pharmacy techs, everybody else. And so I think it's an issue about, are we still focused on quality? If you talk with the people that lead hospitals, right, hospital executives and service line directors and those types of folks, they haven't lost their desire, their drive, the importance of quality in their lives, what they want to do. I think it's more just a matter of the heart is there, but the flesh is not willing, essentially. In other words, you can't move an organization that simply doesn't have the resources and the people to move it. And I think that's where the breakdowns are starting to come. I think the people still care deeply about trying to do the best for the patients, and they simply cannot keep the systems up and running. As Angela said, you can't get people trained up in the right way of doing things because the folks that know how to do it have all left. It's those kind of fundamental problems I think are really taking us off the rails. I would agree. Absolutely. And if you're looking at the next issue on the list, people are looking to have software solve problems Mm -hmm. that only people can solve. That is another very big issue. The purchasing of technology for systems is very expensive. And when that technology doesn't do what they expect it to do, they are still locked into long-term contracts. So that is another cost to a hospital where the increase in workforce cost is also there. And then the revenue is down from the pandemic. No one has recovered really from that. Even from a surgical standpoint, those volumes aren't back to where they used to be. So I think we have lots of multiple issues that are hitting all at once, and it's going to make it almost impossible to get through until folks start saying, okay, what do we need to cut? And I think that's where we're at. We have folks saying we may have to look at closing certain hospitals that are out in the rural area that don't contribute a lot and don't have a lot of patients coming to them. So those are all areas where I've heard across systems that they're starting to look at as possibilities, which is only going to reduce the access to healthcare in America. 
So Angela, you spoke about the importance of CDI in reference to its correlation with quality. Are people, or more importantly, are physicians and other providers really documenting their clinical truth right now? Oh, I would say no. No, they're not documenting their clinical truth. I mean, they are in their minds, which is totally fair. Mm -hmm. But hypotension with the use of, I would say, any type of intervention for that, whether it's fluids or medications, it's not just hypotension. If you're fluid resuscitating a patient, you are trying to deal with some shock situation. And those types of documentation issues, while they say the same thing, those words cannot be inferred by the coding team. So it's really important that the words that are being asked for are actually documented in a record instead of the creative writing that we see in today's medical records. Is copying and pasting an issue right now? Well, yes, because if you copy and paste the patient information that's not even for that patient, then you have copy forwarded an assessment that doesn't really apply to the patient that you're actually looking at. So there's a lot of respiratory illnesses where you look at the assessment and it says those lungs are clear and intact and breathing is normal and they're on a vent or they're getting breathing treatments or they have Advair oxygen. It's not concurrent. And that is where denials come in. When you don't have concurrent documentation within the record, that's where an audit company can come in and say, well, I don't believe this really actually exists during the stay. I don't think it's true. So they deny that particular diagnosis, which could be a major comorbid condition that you were managing during the stay. Rick, any comments in reference to the documentation and how it correlates with quality? Well, Tom, I think there's been so much focus and continues to be, I think, for appropriate reasons on capturing documentation from a financial standpoint, also in terms of quality, because the risk adjustment is important. I think the biggest problem that we see when we do a lot of this in-depth work, especially looking at the charts, is you see patients that really, because they haven't had all of their issues documented, and I mean, this goes beyond just their hypertension and their history of diabetes, everything else like that. It's even basic things like some of their social determinants, for example. We're seeing because that's not being captured, the care teams don't really recognize recognize the issue. A lot of times people I think have no chance to kind of dig into it deeper because that you were missing stuff. And again, this is not a knock on the providers. And these folks are just working like crazy, trying to keep the lights on and keep things moving forward. But because of those issues, because we're not accurately capturing all the information we need, then stuff gets missed. It just has one of the problems we face. Excellent. First episode is perfect. Angela and Rick, great discussion. And we'll continue in our next episode. And to our listeners, you can contact Rick or Angela in their email addresses in the resource section of our podcast page. If you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me at our email, modernpracticepodcast at visiantinc.com. We post the link in our resource section. And please join us for other modern practice podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thank you so much for listening.